Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, he said, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Gate 7 International here for a pre-match show for the Olympiacos versus Carabag Europa League match day three. So excited to be here. I'm joined by Patrick Kasky, who some of you may remember. Uh, he's been on the show a couple times before for a deep dive. He's also written some great articles for us. We're going to get into this in just a moment. We just have a couple of quick housekeeping things to take care of. First and foremost, don't forget, guys, if you haven't done so already, like and subscribe. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. The bigger this network gets, the bigger things that we can continue to do with it. So hit that bell at the bottom right-hand corner of your screen if you want to be notified every time we go live, whether it's for a deep dive, whether it's for a post-match, pre-match. If you want to know when we're going live, hit the bell and you'll be notified. And for you betting guys out there, we put the betting lines up. We're sponsored now by BetUS. You can visit betus.com.pa. Use our promo code GATE7INTL for a 125% deposit boost. You can turn 100 bucks into 225 You can turn 200 into 450 Very aggressive. But hey, if we can help make you guys some money, more power to you, whether Libyakos wins or loses. So betus.com, and maybe we can help you guys win money. We put betting lines out, and we use some of our uh, data analytics that we have access to to try and help you place Make the best bet. So check that out and share your bets with us. Now, as I mentioned, I'm joined here by Patrick. We're going to get into it pre-match with Garabag. Patrick, how are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Uh, I think it's been two months since I was on the show, and I think you've ran through a two man- three separate managers since I've been on, and like 15-plus <laughs> players. Some really exciting, though. So I'm jealous of some of the players that have come in. And albeit Huang hasn't played that much, when he has, he's been impressive, especially that debut game. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think both Rangers and Olympiacos have had a pretty rough start to their European adventures this this year. And for those of you that may not remember, uh, as Patrick brought up, he joined me on the Inbam Huang deep dive. Uh, it was a fun deep dive, and I'm pretty sure that we nailed that 100%. He's already a much-loved player for Libyakos fans. When he's been available and playing, he's been a revelation. Uh, everyone's been happy about him. Everyone loved the scouting report about him. And for those of you that don't know, Patrick is also a huge Rangers fan as well, and they have had some similar woes to start the season just like we have. So I'm sorry about that, Patrick. <laughs> and just like we hope Olympiacos does better, I hope the Rangers do better for you. Thank you. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, earlier today was fine. Um, obviously, those Olympiacos fans would have seen Kostas, Simikas, and Liverpool get the better of us, but that's expected. I don't think we can get angry about getting beaten by Liverpool, you know? <laughs> like, no. it's, it's privileged to even playing against them. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's get to it. Uh, tell us a little bit about our opponents that are coming up uh, at the time of recording. Uh, they are coming up in two days. Garabag, the champions of the Azerbaijani League, and in my opinion, the best-looking team so far in the group. 
Yeah, I mean, if if I'm being honest, I don't think they should be in the Europa League. They 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 um sort of screwed up against Pilsen, and then the second leg, uh, they had a howler of a goalkeeping mistake from Maramedyev, where he just kind of dropped the ball and let Jan Sikorka, I think that was his name, or one of the Pilsen strikers score. But yeah, they. Albeit, I wouldn't classify them as a Champions League-level team. They'd be a weak pot four team, but I do think that they should have beat Pilsen. Uh, and that was sort of a poor end to a really good Champions League qualifying campaign, which saw them like absolutely destroy Ferencvaros in Hungary, saw them navigate Zurich, uh, as well as really, really comfortably handling Poznan at home. But yeah, they, they look, they're a confident side. Uh, I, I think the immediate questions and comparisons would be with the NFG side. Olympiacos played around like 15 months ago. And this team is like chalk and cheese compared to that NFG side. That NFG side were surprise champions. Uh, they couldn't scale up very well in Europe and they played sort of very sort of man-oriented counter-attacking football. Um, whereas this Karabakh side, um, the classic line in Azerbaijani media is that they play like 2010 Barcelona, which I think is a bit of hyperbole. They do play, do play really good football. You saw that against Nantes, which was just like an incredible game. Uh, the 3-0 and absolutely dominated them. Even going to Germany, they lost to Freiburg, but it was really just a penalty that split the game. And, and that's a Freiburg side who are not top of the Bundesliga, but, but they're a top, top quality side. And they're doing well. And obviously, Olympiacos didn't fare as well as Karabakh did. But yeah, this this is a good team. Uh, not to be underestimated, with some serious, serious quality players. Um, and one that is in high confidence. They beat Nefci 3-1 at the weekend after going 1-0 down, really convincing second-half performance, uh, which kind of, not to say the league is over already, but um, as in, in many leagues across Europe, as you see, it's a two, it's a duopoly, and as soon as Karabakh sort of showed that they're just a different tier to NFG as they did in the weekend, we kind of know who's going to win the league now, which which is sad, but, but at least Karabakh are a really well-oiled machine. And it, it's noticeable. And for the listeners, maybe that don't remember when Olympiacos played against Nefci last season, that was the start of probably one of the worst seasons we've seen under coach Pedro Martins. The team was very disjointed when we played Nefci. They also, fortunately for us, were a little bit disjointed and that team ended up going on to lose that Olympiacos team ended up going on to lose to Ludogorets in penalties anyway. So it wasn't a good time for us, uh, but we were able to beat that Nefji team. This, this Karabag team is a, is a different sauce. We, we saw that. I, I'm, I am of the opinion that they should have beaten that Freeburg team. I thought Karabag was the better team. And so far, the way that they've looked, they have been the best team in this group. Statistically, if we go, if we look at some of the data, whereas Libyakos has been one of the worst performers, not just in the group, in all of the Europa League, we have the worst XG going into this game of all teams. We have, we concede some of the most opportunities against us. We have some of the least opportunities that we create, least number of balls in the box. And we're coming up against a, a Karabag team that's the opposite. They are uh, in the scale, they're on one of the upper tier teams in terms of creations, XG per 90. It's, it's, you're looking at two polar opposites. They perform much better than we have, and we are, we are looking like literally the worst team. Uh, everybody wanted us as the pot one team, deservedly so, because we were the worst pot one team. We're probably the worst team in this competition. Coach Michel has his work cut out for, for him. It's, it's going to be really tough. Um, Libyakos is also saddled with a lot of injuries. Uh, going into this game, I have the injury list pulled up here. Um, unfortunately, as many people know, uh, Youssef El Arabi sustained uh, an injury. He's going to be out for a while, so he's not going to be 
in this game. We're also missing uh, two center backs, Usainu Ba and Paniotis Retzos. Retzos has had injury history. We knew that he was going to get injured at some point this season. He got injured very early. Weijo Huang is doubtful. He uh, was carrying an injury coming into this game. Whether he started or not, it was uh, it was difficult. Doesn't look like he's going to play. We put a poll out there amongst the strikers what you want to see, assuming Weijo Huang is healthy. Uh, about 7% of you said that you expected to see him. 47% of the people in the polls wanted to see Pep Biel as the false nine. So we don't have a lot of options, so it's either going to be him or AK-47. We'll see what happens. Josh Bowler wasn't used over the past weekend. Uh, he is fit, though. We've been getting a lot of questions about that. Kunde also didn't make the squad over the weekend, but he is fit. And Bukalakis also didn't play over the weekend, but he is fit as well. So we don't have the a lot of options. Um, for the questions that we got regarding James Rodriguez and Cedric Bakambu, they are not on the list, so they will not be playing. We also got a question about uh, Marcelo. Marcelo does not look like he will play. I know Costa brought it up. Uh, we're all pretty doubtful that he is going to play. Uh, fitness issues, of course, still a concern. So a lot of that is going to weigh in on what happens to this game. Uh, Michel already has sent out a lot of players and cut some players that were on the European list, so he has even less to pick from. So that makes this even more difficult, and especially against a team, Patrick, as we discussed, that is looking fantastic right now. Um, and knowing what you know about Libyakos, knowing what you know about some of the players, how how do you see this panning out in your honest opinion? I mean, before show, I was talking about I, I expect to see quite quite a few goals, to be honest. Um, Karabakh, for all that they do well in possession, are quite a, a leaky team naturally. They're also missing Kevin Medina, who's been out for, I think it was the first leg of the France Varos game, so we're talking about like late July, he's been out for. And they managed to weather the storm somewhat without him, but they're going to be playing Badabi Senov and uh, Bahul Mustafadze, who are the sort of centre-back partnership for the national team. But they're both fine, but it's two right-footers, Neither are particularly just like great defenders. They're both quite quite comfortable in possession, good in the air, but they're not great ground jewelers. Whereas Kevin Medina would provide the left-footed option, most importantly, uh, but he was also a good good ground jeweler and just a bit more assured in, in possession. But no, I, I expect to see goals. Um, Carabag's midfield three is quite light when it comes to uh, sort of rigor and fitness. They're all very good ball players. Uh, Garagarev is a good tackler, but like also Vich and Jankovic are really good going forward. So I do see uh, that Carabag are to be got at the transition. I do think it'll be interesting how they set up because obviously this is a Karaskakis, um, I think, the first, uh, and then obviously go return legs in Baku. So they might play for the draw per se, but then again, uh, Olympiacos are not looking good, uh, and so Karabakh might want to sort of go for the juggler and get the six points out of this to guarantee um, Europa League progression. But no, obviously, Olympiacos is a striker. Conundrum doesn't help, but I do think a player like Pep Biel, if, if he's played anywhere, will, will do well, because Karabakh especially, um, I think, are, are a top-heavy team. They, they, they win because they score more, especially at a European level. Domestically, they come up against players who like, who just aren't good forwards, so that they they can manage and live they live by and die by the sword. Whereas in Europe, their defenders are, are just aren't good for the quality, so they really rely on their sort of front six going forward. So on that basis, if I was to sort of give a 
my prediction and maybe a betting tip would probably be bet overs over 2.5. I think we'll see maybe both teams to score. I think it's dependent on sort of where Olympiacos team turns up uh, as well. But I, I hope it's entertaining. And from, from my behalf, I, I like both dogs in the fight. So let's get an entertaining draw, hopefully. I think it will be entertaining if Olympiacos plays similarly to how they play. They played over the weekend against Atromiros. It was the best performance we've seen all season. Hopefully that's a sign that Michel is able, is motivating these players. He's able to get more out of them. It seems as we continue to go on, the issues that we were seeing were less tactical and more uh, psychological or more mental issues, more motivational. And what we saw against Atromiros gave us was very good signs. Highest XG we've seen since December, first half XG at least, since December of the past season, of the previous season. And you brought up something I found very interesting about the midfield, uh, maybe not, maybe being a little bit lighter with ball winners, susceptible uh, perhaps to the counter. One of the bright spots that we've seen all season, even prior to the arrival of Michel, was in the ball movement by Inbampuang, who we mentioned previously. Now, when you and I did the deep dive, we said this was something that this guy brings to the table. He, he moves the ball. He progresses the ball very well. Very creative player. Uh, and him alongside Jan and Vila, we move the ball very well. So our strong suit going into this game, again, assuming that Imbam Huang is healthy, there were some concerns that we've been overplaying him and they're trying to manage him before this Europa League game. We need him for this season. But the bright spots have been more so in our midfield when Inbam Wong and Jan and Vila play together. They move the ball very well. They progress the ball very well. And they progress it very fast. Is this an area you think that gives us a little bit of, a, bit of an advantage? If Garabag's midfield is susceptible, they're not good in the ball-winning stat or category, we'll say. Is this something that plays to our benefit? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think so. I think you're probably going to get more sort of profit out of attacking the right side, or rather your right side. So Karabag's left back, who's Elvin Chafraguliev, who's not great. Like the, the Karabag right back, Marco Vesovic, is a Montenegro international. He's probably been their best player um, outside of the forwards um, in Europe so far. He was really good against Pilsen. And he's sort of a workhorse all-rounder, sort of the right, a sort of fullback you could see playing in midfield, quite technically proficient, but also strong runner. Whereas Chefraguliev, um, I don't know why he plays in Europe, to be honest. Um, I think he's sort of one of the quota players in Azerbaijan. You have to have a certain amount of domestic players, and he fits in quite well in the team at that left back. But he is one of the people who stand out immediately as just below par for that level. He's he's good going forward. He strikes a ball pretty well and can put in a decent cross, but. He's just physically not at the races and, and often is just, just overpowered by better wingers. So if you're able to quickly progress him, play your right winger high and wide, keep him back, I think you'll see lots of profit from that. And if you play, I love the nickname, AK-47, he seems quite good in the air and airily and strong. There might be some route of profit in which you attack the right wing, cross it into him and get to challenge the sort of in between Mustafadze and Husseinov. But yeah, I do think if you're able to just play quick, Obviously, it'll be hot, but both teams used to playing in hot surfaces and, and, and climate. So it's not like you're playing a Scandinavian team or a British team who might not be able to handle the Greek heat. You're playing as a team who play in like 40 degree heat regularly. But no, I do think playing wide, attacking those channels will be profitable. Um, obviously, Olympiakos has long struggled with wingers who are actually good, like classic wingers who play, take to the touchline, beat a man. But I do think there is just like, if you have anyone who's competent, they should be able to, off the back of a good progressive pass from Mbompoang or Mvila, beat Jeff Aguilev. 
Now, you, you did bring up the their left side, our right side, and uh, you brought up their, their – what was the name for their left back again? Chefer Guliev. Chefer um, Guliev. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it sounds very similar. There's a, there's a lot of discussion that uh, the current starting right back, uh, Versalco, uh, the Croatian international – well, no longer a Croatian international – that he may be used in a back three. There's been a lot of discussion about that, uh, that a back three might be used, which means um, Gonzalo Avila will be used in that. Uh, if it's a five-man midfield or a five-man back line, he'll be playing that wing back and getting forward. He's very similar. Defensively, uh, quite suspect, as we've seen so far, but offensively has been very helpful in many situations where we encounter locked defenses. So the my question for you is, if assuming Olympiacos has the ability to get Garabag on the back foot, which I'm not sure, given how, what we've seen so far, I don't think that's going to be the case unless Michel can work a miracle. How susceptible would we be to the counter? Is, is Garabag great on the counter or are they better in, in open play scenarios? Yeah, so I, I think that's lineup dependent. It really depends. I think the, the answer to your question is whether they play Ramil Shereev up top or Kwabina Owusu. And at which point they switch, because um, both will play probably at some point. Maybe they'll be subbed on for each other or whatever. But yeah, Shaliyev's more of a sort of big, robust striker who likes to take it in and, and maintain possession. So if Karabag uh, sort of win possession, they'll play it up to him and he'll control it. And then they'll play some control possession. Whereas Aousu, uh, he's sort of a hybrid, hybrid combo forward, right wing striker with, with really good pace. Um, but he is in great in tight spaces, so he thrives on the counter, um, and he's really quick. So he might be someone who could be played in by uh, Filip Ozovic or, or Zubir or Kadi. Those three are all fantastic ball players, really, really good at breaking lines and, and sort of splitting the lines as well and penetrating. So if you're able to get them on the ball with a Wusu running, I think there's definitely an avenue for profit for Limpiakos there. But if they do start with Shedia, which is what I probably expect them to do, especially away from home, so he can just have some sort of battering ram up there to play it up front. I don't think it'll be too susceptible, but I, I think it's all about game state and, and the times because they're obviously depending on what the score is. There will be a time where they go hail mary sort of thing, and they sub on Ousu, um, maybe they invert Ozubir a bit to get him playing alongside him and go for it. But yeah, I, I do think it's not perhaps Carabag's modus operandi. They're a possession-based team who like to play it low and slow, um, lots of passes per possession. But I do see them being pragmatic in the way that they just kind of know how to win. So if it requires that they sub on Ousu, play a bit more direct and, and counter-attacking, they'll do so. And maybe that might be the avenue from away from home, uh, seeing that they're at this point they might be content with leaving Karaskakis with the draw and the idea to win in Baku. But yeah, I, I do think that will be dependent on the, the 11 they play. Does Karabag employ uh, a high press or do they have, a, we'll say, a low PPDA? I think not. it's not part of their identity per se, but I think like most just good teams, they are active out of possession. Uh, I think if we look domestically, they'll have a very high PPDA, but that's just because they're nice. the best team. So when they win possession back, but I don't think, no, it's not necessarily ingrained in their style in which, I mean, you can just look at the makeup of that midfield three. It, it, it's like a six, eight, 10 classic, but the, the six is a small a sort of scuttler who likes to go and tackle. The eight is very attacking and the 10 is almost like a winger style. So they don't exactly have the manpower to be counter-pressing with lots of strength and rigor, but that's not to say that they're lazy out of possession, but no, this isn't like a, a, German, a typical German or Austrian side. Now, 
how do they handle the press? Now, as we've seen, Libyakos, unfortunately, we've had fitness issues uh, dating back from when Martins finished our preseason. Uh, it's been affecting even the players that have left Libyakos. We cannot keep up the press. So our press tends to be very segmented and, and controlled. So in times that we do press, it is very high and it is, there's a lot of actions. Uh, we'll say a lot of pressures, power, very low number of passes per defensive action. When, when the press is at its height, in Michel's first game, it was about four or five uh, passes per defensive action. So very low. But the rest of the time, it was very high. We were allowing anywhere between 17 to 30 passes per defensive action. So is Karabag is possession-based, uh, something you've discussed before. And against Nantes and Freiburg, well, Freiburg in spurts, I didn't notice them pressed very high. And uh, there were a few occasions where I saw, and it seemed like they dealt with it pretty well. Are, are they capable in handling the press, even though they don't see it very often? Yeah, I think they, they are, but it's almost in two channels. If you can cut off two channels, they'll you'll probably be able to contain them a lot better. Their, their first phase of play is they look to play to the sixth, the DM, who's either Garagariev or Richard Almeida, depending on who's playing. And, and they're both really good with their backs and sort of turning a half turn, playing it quickly, and they're secure in possession. And if they're not able to find the six in the first phase, they, they could just play it wide to their right back and sort of hope Vesovic will make some sort of inroads because Mustafadze and Habar Avi Husseinov aren't bad passers, but they, they, they prefer the simple secureness and, and they will play it by up around the back until there's an opening either at that six or that right back. And um, when you go into a second phase of possession, their midfield's quite press resistant. Also, Vich is really good both dribbling and passing through the press. And then if you get it to Kadi and Zubir, they're really just really hard to sort of bog down. They're just really, really flare, smoothly play, smooth players who will who will beat defenders and they've done so. And that's why they make what well, they sort of make a living doing. So I think it's imperative if you cut off those first two channels in the first uh, phase of possession, you will get a lot of profit from it. And you'll see some high turnovers, maybe some shot ending turnovers and stuff like that. Um, but as as I like with most most teams, if you if you fail to do it within the first ten seconds, they will consolidate possession, um, and that will become sort of prolonged possession if they manage to get it out wide where their their real players are. And my last question before we move on, give our actual score predictions and perhaps who we think might score. My last question for you is going to be set pieces. Uh, Olympiakos for the last, I want to say, almost 18 months has been very poor with set pieces, especially defensively. We concede so many goals from set pieces. And it's been something that's very scary, uh, stemming from the fact that uh, our starting goalkeeper, who will not be available as well, I forgot to mention him in the injury list, Tomas Vachlik is injured, which is why uh, we brought in Pascal Lakis, who is now also in the list. Uh, we did get questions about this as well, guys. Uh, specifically for the goalkeeper position, UEFA does allow an emergency substitution in the EU list only if your starting keeper gets injured. So if he gets injured and he's injured for a, a long term, I think it's more than uh, a month, uh, then you can add another goalkeeper to the EU list. So that's why we were able to add Pascal Lakis to the EU list and not other players. But going back to the discussion, we've had these issues because we didn't have a goalkeeper that left his line very much. And this always scared us on set pieces. Now, under Martins, we played a zonal marking system, which scared us for all sorts of other reasons. But also recently, we just we just haven't been very good. It's been very scary for set pieces, something we hope Michel can change. How good is Karabag on set pieces, offensively at least? 
I mean, before we get into it, it sounds like you're talking about Rangers as well. We've had much of the same problems about inactive speaker, zonal marking, and all that. But no, Karabakh, um, if we're talking about sort of indirect sort of crossing to headers, are nothing special per se. They have really good deliveries from Zubir and Kadi and Ozopic, but really it's the two centre-backs are the, the two main sort of targets, and Shea, they have if he plays. And they're all decent, but not, nothing special. They're not a team who sort of extrudes every ounce out of set pieces like like a Brentford or a Union Berlin. But they do have good deliveries and they have some big lads, so they will do well. But if we're talking about sort of direct free kicks, yes, this is a team you do not want to be sort of giving away stupid free kicks inside of like 30 yards because Zubir and Kadi both are fantastic ball strikers um, and they'll be able to sort of take aim. Uh, obviously, I don't know about the, the, the Greek keeper you've got up, but if it was Vachlik, that would be fine because he's just a really good shot stopper um, from direct free kicks. But yeah, this is not the sort of team that you'll be wanting to give away stupid free kicks. Um, but you will be able to sort of play out to the corner without too much pressure. Well, and that's another question. Uh, the, uh, our, our younger goalkeeper out of the academy, Tsolakis, he played against Atromeros. He didn't really have a lot of work. He had one shot that he had to make a, a pretty uh, decent reflex save. It was kind of right at him, but it was a tough shot. He still saved it. So the question is, is he going to play? He did play in our, our Champions League qualifiers when we did play against Nefci Baku uh, last season and against Ludogorets the following season or the following uh, leg. So uh, there's a lot of questions uh, about that. Are we going to stick with this young keeper? Or are we going to throw Pascalakis, who has barely been with the team? So a lot of questions there. What could happen? And given the fact that Karabag seemed to be quite dangerous <laughs> from what you're saying, it doesn't bode well for us. A lot, in fact, a lot of this doesn't seem to bode well for Olympiacos. But boiling down to what we'll say the keys of the match will be, the keys of the match seem to be from what you've already said, getting the ball, working the ball uh, quickly through the middle through Inbom Huang and Yan Vila, playing some of those wingers that maybe can get behind the defensive line, something that we know Yorgos Masuras can do quite well, even though he can't really take players one-on-one -on -one very well. But if we can play him through into one of those inside-the-box shot situations, perhaps we can get something off of that. Uh, maybe we maybe we're, we can use Pep BL uh, if he's being played in a false nine or AK-47 in a situation uh, similarly. And as well, you also brought up on their left side, perhaps depending on who the starter will be, uh, playing playing up that right side with Gonzalo Avila against uh, their left back, who seems to be maybe not so good on the defensive end. Uh, besides those two, we'll say, core key points of the game, key things that Olympiacos can do to win, are there any other key strategies that you think Olympiacos can do to turn this around? Um, I think obviously pay special attention to both wingers. If you play a three or a five, if possible, man mark both. Just get a guy to follow both Kadi and Zubi are around the pitch because they really are anywhere inside, perhaps, let's say, 40 yards, just incredibly dangerous. Uh, and I do think this is very British of me to say, but uh, if you just work hard, it's not to say Karabakh aren't a hardworking team. They sort of embody, they're almost like a pseudo-national team, just considering that who they represent and their name, Karabakh, it has internally right. to do with the conflict and everything. So they sort of are a football club, but they're also a national team. They represent a country who are fiercely proud, but um, they're not exactly a team who's going to like run you to death. So I do think if you're able to sort of on the offset, set the tone, that will do a lot. But yeah, I think just staying sort of tight on, on the wings and watching them, 
not giving away stupid free kicks. Uh, just play sort of smart football. This is a good team. Um, they, they've been overperforming, though. I, I don't think their team, when you look at the sort of core components of it and break it down, are that good. I think Olympiacos have better players, um, albeit that might be difficult to think right now. But this is firmly a team who are, uh, their sum is better than their parts. So if you try and sort of disassemble their key parts, you might be able to sort of break the sort of machine that they've been got going. And I think that really does start with the sort of the six, with Garagariev and just sort of stopping his passing lanes and then just keeping really specialized on both the right and left wings. I really like how you put that. And I think that there is definitely something to that. So I hope, I desperately hope that Michel is listening. Maybe he listens to this and he takes that into consideration because I think that was an incredible analysis from that. Uh, well, Patrick, let's take all of that analysis together and give me, give me a scoreline. You, you think you said there's going to be goals. Uh, you're, you were thinking yeah. maybe going over 2.5, which happens to be the uh, over under, at least on BetUS as well. So you tell me, what do you think the scoreline will be? You think there's goals in this game and be honest, no one's going to hold it against you. Even though you write for, write for us once in a while, no one's going to hold it against you. I promise. No, I'll, I'm going to go. This is my head, but heart head and, and sort of neutral. I want to go game. I think I'm going to go two, two as, as the final result. Two, and two, I think that is, yeah. And I, if I was going to say a specific goal score, I think Cardi will get on the goal sheet. He's just been in incredible form since he joined from uh, since he came from Portugal. Uh, he's just been an incredible player. Uh, I, I am, I'm similarly thinking uh, a draw as well. I was thinking more along the lines of 1-1. I think uh, Michel, again, given the situation, he had a little bit of time when he came in over the international break to work with some of the guys, but not all of the internationals, we'll say. He seemed to get the guys' heads on straight for Atromeros, but Carabag is tears ahead of where Atromeros is and we still saw some of some of the problems not all of them but some of the same issues in the game against Atromeros like taking our foot off the gas at one nothing so and then um the forward Ousu that you brought up before I just see us eating a goal from him uh just just based on what I've seen from him so far I just see us eating a goal from him so I think Honestly, and to salvage at least a conference league qualification, I'm not expecting any Europa League qualification out of this. I just think Garabag and Freiburg are too good, and they're going to continue to get results. I think if we can manage a one-one draw, which is what I mix, which is what I think could happen, I think we can get a one-one draw at home. Then at least that puts us in a seat to compete with Nantes for that third spot. I'll take a win, obviously, but I'm looking at based on how we've been doing. Uh, even with Michelle, I think, I think we're looking at uh, a, a draw as well. Whether it's one-one or two-two, uh, I think we see a draw going into this game, and I I believe that we will see a goal from Masuras. I think he finally gets one. I'm going to say that as well, and. I couldn't tell you. Again, Awusu probably scores for <laughs> for Karabag at least one. That's how I see it there. Um, any other thoughts before we close out, Patrick, on the match? No, I mean, I, I just hope to see an entertaining match, which I, which I expect to do so, at least with the score prediction and my betting tips. Uh, I do think this, obviously, for the Olympiacos, is a really important game, obviously for Karabag as well, but they really just need to get something out of this if they want to have any hope of both progressing in the Europa League or in the Conference League, because albeit Nantes might be demoralized from a sort of disembowelment they got from Karabakh, which was really surprising, and also they're taking on Freiburg. They still have some 
some dog in the fight as well. So I think this is a really important juncture uh, for all teams, and I think a draw suits both parties. It definitely would. Guys, and if you haven't done so already, don't forget again, like and subscribe. The Red and White family keeps growing. We keep getting more and more individuals in the Libyakos community, like Patrick here. Patrick is a Rangers fan. We met him. He now he does pay attention to Libyakos as well. He does stuff for us. He's done some great profiles on a lot of players for us so far. Uh, he did one uh, for Mari Camara. He's done one for Jan and Vila. He did one for Yorgos Masuras. You guys should check all of these out. He's also been involved in some of the deep dives. He's provided data with Doran Ledner. He did one for Inbam Wong. He joined me for that. Check him out. You can follow him on socials, follow him on Twitter. Patrick, where can they follow you, buddy? Yeah, main just on the, on Twitter. Um, There's a bit of a bit of everything on there. It's mainly Rangers stuff, but um, with the Euroleague coming back, you'll see some basketball tweets. So I'll be watching Olympiacos Barcelona on Friday with a keen eye on that game. But yeah, a bit of basketball, a bit of football. Uh, mainly European stuff and a bit of niche, niche football stuff as well. And maybe we'll get another player profile this season. Not to put yeah, you on the spot or anything. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, my grades are at uni now, but hopefully I can make some time. <laughs> I look forward to it. I know everybody else does too. Well, thank you everybody for listening, especially if you've made it this far. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. We're hoping for a win and we'll see you after the game. Cartimagica, o fumaça de la